Welcome to our second episode of Souped Up, a podcast created to connect EESD employees, families, and community members, featuring our special guest, Superintendent Heather Armolino, and hosted by yours truly, Scotty Gold. Each episode will be designed to create connection, offer transparency, answer questions, and hone our shared vision for the Enterprise District. So put in your earbuds, settle into a comfortable chair, and maybe put on a pot of soup. This time in August, because of my bumper crop tomatoes, I'm recommending an ice creamy tomato basil. I'm your host, Scotty Gold. Welcome to episode two, Souped Up Teachers, Teaching Truths I Wish I'd Known. And welcome to my faithful co-host, Superintendent Heather Armolino. Welcome back. Good to be back. And welcome to our special guest for this episode, Buffy Haig, a.k.a. Andrea. Do you want that out there or you just want to be Buffy? Buffy works. (laughs) Buffy is a teacher at Alta Mesa, for those who don't know her, and Hilary Hess, music teacher at Parsons. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. All right. So... um, I was thinking as I prepared for this, a a podcast won't be of benefit uh, if the talkers don't have something to say. So um, kind of pushing aside like the nerves of being here and being interviewed, um, let's get out of our own way and I just want to invite some genuine conversation. Um, This episode is dedicated to your colleagues who are starting to think about the beginning of a new year. Uh, You know, Heather and I could have chatted it up for a while, and then everyone would have said, what do you guys know? You know, it's been a while for you. We're wearing different shoes these days. So I just think what a beautiful thing. Thank you for honoring us with your time. Um, You were both chosen, let's just get that out of the way, as Teacher of the Year for 2022. So we honor and applaud you. That is not an easy thing, you know. That means something. Um, But really... I think both of you are here under a little bit of protest. It's not like you wrote in, I'd like to be your next guest. Um, so thank you for you know pushing that aside and pushing through the discomfort because that's where I do believe um, you know, you responding to our plea is going to just really benefit the audience. Sure. You're two pretty you know, awesome people with mm-hmm. something to share. So um, if our listeners have a comment or a good idea that we didn't talk about or think mm-hmm. of, they will post it. We'll add it to the show notes. And in the meantime, um, we've got some questions for you. I think uh, we'll let uh, Superintendent Armolino get started. We're trying to bring some things back to the blueprint, so Mm -hmm. take it. Yeah, so um, I think we're going to get some wonderful answers here today with these uh, two awesome ladies. Um, So I am going to, you know, sort of focus our questions around our blueprint for student success uh, because I think what you can do is paint a picture for, well, what does that really look like in action? Mm-hmm. What are the things that happen in the classroom? Um, because one of the best ways we learn and grow is sharing ideas with each other. We all know education is about stealing ideas, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So uh, in the whirlwind of starting up a classroom, because we know there is so much to uh to that process from glue sticks to curriculum, Mm -hmm. um, what's the main thing? So if teachers or aides had one focus as they prepare for the school year, um, what would you recommend or what is that main focus for you? Well, for me, this would be my 21st year teaching. And 
I made a lot of mistakes early on, obviously, and you learn from your mistakes. And um, this year, I'm really trying to set myself up for success by making sure that I'm organized behind the scenes so that I am not struggling to find things when I need to meet the need of a child or something like that. So I've been spending a little time trying to make sure I set myself up for success so that I can help them be successful. Um, I agree with Hillary. Um, my first few years, I was stressing over the curriculum and worried about my lesson plans. And at 8 o'clock at night, I thought, there's going to be 28 little bodies in here tomorrow. And I'm not ready for them yet, um, but I'm going to have a really good lesson next week. <laughs> and so just yeah, being organized. Um, and when my room is neat and clean, um, I... I don't feel so anxious and I feel ready to go and I can help students that need it. Right. And I've done it years where I haven't been organized and haven't been neat and clean and it's it's a struggle. You still make it work, but it's just better. <laughs> what I hear you saying, and I think it's resonating with me, is your preparation sometimes could be too focused on what's coming down the road and not the immediacy of them sitting there. And that's really when you're organized, then you can focus on what I, I think you're trying to say is I need to be available for the relationship piece. Absolutely. I'm building a classroom family here, not studying science tomorrow. Right. 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 There's going to be some scared little kids, excited kids, anxious kids, and that's what I need to kind of focus on. Mm -hmm. And kind of knowing where everything is. Like, for me, it's a little different in choir and junior high and stuff. Like, I might need a kid who needs a safety pin. Do I know where I have safety pins? Yes, now I do because I've organized and I know where all my stuff is. So I'm not wasting time, class time, where I could be building the relationship or teaching what I need to teach by searching. I know where everything is. It's a small thing, but it, it really helps. No, I would even say that getting a safety pin is building relationships. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, you, you nailed it. Meeting needs big and small. Um, yeah, yeah, and you're, you're speaking to two organized people. So we love that answer. Thank you for that. Um, fun fact, Hillary's first year as a teacher, she taught junior high math. Mm -hmm. And we all know she really, her passion is music. Um, and she, my oldest son was in her class. And so even though she speaks of making mistakes, <laughs> my son loves math and uh, always did well in math. So um, she, did, she did some things right, even when she was in the uh, position that she was hoping to move out of as quickly as possible. <laughs> um, okay, next question. Uh, number three on our blueprint uh, talks about teaching and reinforcing common behavioral expectations. So that's important school-wide, but as a classroom teacher, how do you do that? How do you teach and reinforce expectations? Um, they only know what you tell them and practice, and so practicing them, talking about being safe, um, how we're supposed to behave in the classroom. Um, last year, I had a student that didn't go to kindergarten, um, and so the first time that we walked in line, everybody stopped when I stopped, and he kept walking, and I thought, oh, he had no idea. He just didn't know what to do. He'd never practiced that before, so something as simple as that, um, you know, just working on those things and yeah. skills. And piggybacking on that consistency and doing what doing your routine consistently helps them to learn oh, this is how it's processed and keeping that consistency up is very helpful no surprises I, we still have to stop and repractice a lot of times in january or you know when we come back like our walking to lunch things those are times where just reteaching those common practices again 
and keeping it consistent. I think someone once told me everything you want them to do should be taught. Every expectation should be taught. And so there's no penalty for over-practicing those things that you really want to be just absolutely common for them, just, um, what do you call that, reflexive. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's worth teaching everything, right? I think of note, too, I guess I realized from your last answer, Buffy, that you teach first grade. I do. Okay, I didn't establish that. And music you do six, seven, and eight. Six, seven, eight choir, vocal music, yeah. Yeah, so we have a good range here. Um, yeah, I think we often assume kids know things, and so by, yeah, being very explicit and practicing, then we make sure that we are, um, teaching them what we expect. So another important part of our blueprint is fostering positive relationships, and I think as a district, we've always had an emphasis on that and have, you know, invested in a lot of training, but what does that look like in your classroom? I could go first. (laughs) Um, I actually grew up in the Enterprise Elementary School District. I went to Shasta Meadows and Parsons. And um, I think that the thing that always resonated with me and the reason I wanted to become a teacher is because I had such amazing teachers. And they spent time with me and got to know me and fostered my loves and found my passion. And I was able to go through this program that I now teach. And I think that I'm very lucky in that I have more time than your maybe core class teachers to spend on that personal relationship piece. And so I love making jokes and having you know, inside things with them. We made a TikTok once, you know, just (laughs) we do little things that kind of speak to them and just remembering how I felt when I was a kid and try to put myself in their shoes. Did I answer the question or did I go around and I'm not sure? (laughs) Yeah, I just try to focus on relating to them. Um, And then it's interesting how um, I can think of a time when we had career day, and I said, oh, what was your favorite part? And a student said, um, oh, listening to the veterinarian. And um, she said, because I want to be a vet when I grow up. And then another student um, on the other side of the room raised her hand and said, wait a minute, I want to be a veterinarian. And it was just a really sweet way that they could relate to one another. And um, and that student, one of those students actually goes to Parsons now. <laughs> and so, um, but anyway, just relating and then me relating with them. Like, I've been to the skating rink before. Like, you have, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Isn't it great? They find us yeah. in the grocery store and they're like, you go to the grocery store? I do. Mm. I do. So. I unfortunately cannot go to the mall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For a variety of reasons, yes. we will include in this podcast. <laughs> awesome. Very good stuff. Yeah. We've kind of touched on something um, about enterprise as a family, being a K-8, and, you know, you represent either end of that spectrum. Uh, and so that kind of brings us to the next piece from our blueprint, which is about creating belonging and offering hope. And I feel like you've touched on that a little bit, but can you tell me more about how you create a sense of belonging with your students? Um, I think it's important to celebrate successes no matter what those look like. So I get students that can read, um, and then some students don't even know all their letter sounds. And so just celebrating what they can do, um, even if it's riding a bike without training wheels or whatever it is, um, celebrating and then and building their confidence and 
they get to see their peers get excited about what they're able to do. Yeah, I think at the junior high level, we get to take it to the next step and they get to kind of um, find their passion. And it's wonderful that we have an electives program in our junior highs where they can choose to sing, play an instrument, do art or STEM. And then we offer them also the sports activities after school. And we have our web program and student council. So they get to get more involved and take ownership of their education and the school itself. And then they're bought in because they're part of this family. Did you, um, either of you pilot the HOPE um, program last year? Um, any thoughts on that fostering hope and just that that conversation with me like I read the book and I get the whole idea that hope is a very special thing it is um, as they say having that positive attitude but it's because we see the pathway of achieving it if you don't see any pathways then you're hopeless even if you're goal-oriented like you're just sad because you can't see a way to get there right Mm -hmm. so I know you do things in your class that connect students to um, a pathway mm-hmm. and think about that a little bit and answer that for me um, well when I've heard conversations about the, that curriculum um, it makes me think of capturing kids hearts and all the things that we do um, that so being able maybe to incorporate those two um, things that ideas. sounds yeah, ideas, ideas yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. yeah. I just speaking to the actual word hope I think the last couple years have definitely taught us that we're going to survive through hope and having hope in the next step, the next part in the future, and just keeping hope that things will get better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Always, they have. Yeah. Exactly. Because yeah. we know that we can see a way that we have made uh, a pathway yeah. to better things. And I feel like when you tell me things, like I find out about kids and I celebrate what they want, and their achievements, and you said that too, especially with junior high and learning their talents, that's how we connect where I am to where I want to be. So that's exactly the way to do it. I feel like that's so beneficial for kids. Yeah, uh, Buffy, you mentioned celebrating successes, and I, I just think that that is so key because success builds on success. And so when the, we recognize that in students, they have hope of achieving the next goal and the you know the next bigger thing. So, um, really key. All right, let's talk a little bit about parents, um, and, and this is going to look very different from primary to junior high. Parent involvement is is quite different. Um, so, from each of your perspectives, how do you involve and communicate with parents? Um, I communicate um, um, online, like we use Blooms this year, with a newsletter. Um, Our dismissal, uh, parents have to come up and pick their kids up, and so it is always a fabulous time to communicate at the end of the day. Um, I invite them in. Um, If I hear them say something that they're interested in helping with, then come on in on this day, and and hopefully that'll get a little easier this year, um, having volunteers on campus. um, And so just inviting them in and and they get to see then and it's kind of similar to the way we build our relationship with our students 
if you have a relationship with the parent as well, it totally helps. I, I spend a lot of time with parents with fundraising and and um, because the things that we do are expensive, and so they have to prov- we have to figure out how to get their kids where they need to go to Disneyland for competition, and <laughs> and so I spend a lot of time with them. I use the Remind app a lot, where I just shoot out text messages that they sign up for. Um, I send a lot of emails, and then I have a monthly parent meeting where we we talk and come up with ideas and things like that. And then we spend a lot of time at fundraisers together and performances, and so. Parents are a big part of my game. If I hadn't had the boosters when I started teaching this choir, it would not have been successful. They really carried it. So my question is about, you said I have a monthly uh, parent meeting. What, um, how do you get them to come? Is it they come mm-hmm. because they're really interested in their mm-hmm. child being um, in the choir and being successful in the choir? Yeah, and um, I especially get sixth grade parents because it's new. Mm-hmm. So to the first one, I have almost everyone. And then after that, I have maybe a third to a half of the parents show up. But I also then disperse the information via email. So I invite them in a remind, remind text and an email. And they come just because they're invested. You know, So that's a lucky situation for me. <laughs> I don't know about other sites, but our um, open house this year was probably one of the most successful ones that we had. Mm-hmm. Parents were just, you know, excited to be at school and be included. And so I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to back to school night. Um, that's a huge, you know, first step, uh, communicating with parents. And if they're not comfortable using blooms, finding out what they are comfortable mm-hmm. with. And just having them be in our room will be, um, you know, helpful just to kind of get a peek of their kid's day. Mm-hmm two thoughts if I can remember them one just on um, I think it's really important because I feel like you're both doing this but you're not saying the words assuming the best intent with parents Mm -hmm. I think sometimes when we you know we have our stuff out on the desk and then you look oh that parent and that parent didn't come and you think oh they just didn't care enough but assuming that they absolutely did but they've got multiple competing events or possibly they work in the evenings or whatever but assuming positive intent I think goes a long way in that relationship you know absolutely yeah I don't know what they're going through unless they tell me right and And who feels safe doing that all the time and until we're there and then we then they might feel safe awesome I don't remember what the second thing was which kind of just like our kids though they'll be more comfortable communicating with us the more we build a relationship with them in certain ways and I try to put information out about myself. I'm kind of goofy in my emails, so they know they could joke with me, you know, like just it. be light and fun. I, I'm not teaching them math anymore, so it's <laughs> to be light you and fun. You get to have more fun. Yeah, well, I think we forget that uh, oftentimes parents are intimidated by the school. Not everybody feels comfortable, so I think your use of goofiness strategically <laughs> helps uh, break down those barriers. All right, well, this is the last question coming from me. Uh, on August 15th, we have our first staff development day. And of course, I get very excited about this, but we never want it to be something we're doing to people. We want that to be meaningful to everybody that's participating. So what would you say to help uh, others get the most out of this day? I think assuming positive intent would be a great start going into it with a good attitude and hopefulness and it's a good time to reconnect Mm -hmm. with um co-workers even if they're not on your site um grade level you know just a good time to reconnect and Mm -hmm. yeah start out positive yeah 
and keeping our relationship building going as well because we work with each other even if we're not the same school the same site or same subjects we still work and help each other out so the more we can communicate with each other the better mm-hmm. i feel like one of the things i would say is is and this is always so very hard for me is to um don't let the whirlwind yet of putting labels on things and stay of the thing, the minutiae that needs to happen, don't let that overwhelm you on the 15th because that is your precious time to gain everything you can from a trainer, from a conversation with a colleague, from getting a coffee, that lunchtime, take that to go and be with your friends rather than, well, I'm going to go back and arrange my desks. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we want to honor that that time will happen hopefully mm-hmm. on the 16th for sure, but the, to get the most of every presenter or every opportunity that you have for training, it might be a good idea to really um, focus. I was listening to a podcast this morning just about what uh, great principals can do over the summer, and they were commenting on how different the administrators are in the room when it's summertime. There's nobody calling saying such and such needs to be, uh, the discipline needs addressed, and hey, this pipe broke and all of that, and so all the principals weren't they were like, hey, tell us something. This is great. Let's be together. Let's get a coffee. And I want, I would want that for everybody on the 15th if we can do that. I think yeah. it would be helpful. Putting aside that whirlwind would be so good. Yeah. It'll still be there. Yeah. Yes, okay. it will. Yeah. Well, we've come to the end of our formal questions and uh, it's the end of the podcast that I lovingly call the five secret ingredients in our soup so every episode um, ends with that rapid fire and again once we get a following we'll take uh, questions from our listeners today's questions are our own again I'm going to give you five if you feel like you can't answer it don't want to you can defer to Buffy and vice versa Uh, number one um, if you could tell your past self a truth that you now own what would it be? Could be your teaching self or your personal self. Let's not let's not do marriage relationships. Uh, yeah. That would be a whole other <laughs> yeah. podcast, and I'm not qualified to lead it. Um, but something from your past that you, if you could tell yourself. That. Okay, everything that you go through builds up who you are, and is something that you look back on that you needed to learn. <laughs> Truth bomb. I worked as a bank teller, had no idea that would come in handy, and here I am doing fundraisers, counting coins, and so there's little things like that that I'm like, that helped. I love it. Nothing is wasted. Perfect. Well said. All right. Okay, question number two. This is a serious one, and I really am interested as a leader in hearing you. What have you needed in the past? Think of something you needed in the past as a teacher that you maybe did not receive, either from your leader or colleagues or your district as a whole, something you needed in the past that you did not receive? All of my administrators that I've ever had at my school have always been amazing. <laughs> and that's why she's... So, um, no, <laughs> um, every now and then, it's like um, just a classroom coverage, a, a bathroom break. That is oddly something that I very much miss. You know, I'm glad you said that. It's funny that you said that, and maybe Buffy will think of something that she needed in the past that she didn't get. Um, but 
I was getting, I think, my hair done, and someone mentioned that their administrator was amazing, and I always want to know who that is and what they do. And it was one of our administrators in our district, and they said, she's so great about taking on my class for a minute, for an hour, for something I need, and it feels really good to know that Mm -hmm. she's boots on the ground and willing to get in there. Mm -hmm. And I thought that inspires me to Mm -hmm. be more mindful. So you're the second one. So yeah, if I get a message twice, I think uh, Mm -hmm. there's something in it. I guess acknowledgement of a difficult situation. You know, uh, Ryan is amazing at acknowledging all of those difficult and hard situations that I get put in. Uh, (laughs) um, But sometimes just, um, and I think um, administrators assume, you know, that we don't need to hear that. Yeah. I see you Mm -hmm. and I know Mm -hmm. this is hard. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Not just toughen up and pull yourself up by your bootstrap. I mean, we need the pep talk, but also the acknowledgement of, yeah, that is terrible and that's hard to, to reverse it a little bit mm-hmm. I, I think the things that I have really felt from a great administrator mm-hmm. is their presence mm-hmm. it's just the kids know who they are the kids can talk to them they're so around important. they're available you need a quick question answered and they're there just they're they're available and they're they're present mm. yeah awesome I love it all right what book is on your nightstand my favorite question, by the way. <laughs> oh, it's you don't know a the soldier. Title? Yeah, yeah, a long. I'm mm, on my phone, so I can look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I have a like a bookshelf headboard, so I'm trying to think of what's there. What are you currently reading? Well, I haven't read in a little bit, and, but and I was your heart. It has been it's, summer it, break, so it's been a break. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did enjoy the Alexander Hamilton biography that inspired the musical. So that was up there. You think of it, Buffy, you you could step in. Otherwise, is it a historical fiction, a romance? Uh, No, it's a a true story about in Sierra Leone, uh, the teenagers going to war and using drugs to get through that war. And they read it. um, So my son had read it um, his sophomore year. And so we, I was kind of read it after him, um, or reading it after him. Um. I got some of my best literature when my st- children were in a lit class in high school. Mm. I read um, a separate piece, and it became like one of my favorites. Yes. So I, that's awesome. I had the Divergent series on deck. So good. Okay. Um, what's one thing people get wrong about teachers or teaching? The general public says... Something about teachers, and you're like, that's wrong. It's always fun, and they're so cute. <laughs> I don't get that they're so cute. Yeah, I, I didn't. Much. <laughs> um, something uh, that we just, summer is just, we only work part of the year. Mm-hmm. We don't work the whole mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. We're that's off for the summer. Like, mm, I counted that. It didn't never feel really like off. a season. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And recovering from yeah, <laughs> yeah. and we're yeah. always reading something or learning uh, working on the next thing planning thinking ahead so yeah it's not a lot of downtime finish this sentence between now and august 15th be sure to relax i have nothing better to say than that yes right. <laughs> drop the mic on that one all right it's been an experience i thank you thank you ladies for sharing your uh, wisdom Mm -hmm. with us Mm -hmm. and your time and uh, for our brave listeners um, 
enjoy and we hope to hear your comments and get your feedback. We um, do this to benefit others, so please let us know how we can continue to be of benefit. All right, so this is our post game. Mm-hmm. Now, this could be a throwaway piece. Absolutely. Yes, we could, but it's going to be podcast only for our people that are... Oh, that's the bonus. Yeah, we the want them to listen, episode. not watch. Yeah. Episode. Absolutely. So we're going to see We're going to see how this works out as, a, you know, as I'm going to proclaim myself a producer, podcast producer. Love it. Of the same level of, you know, Conan O'Brien, he's a friend, smartless. 100%. Armchair quarterback. Armchair so I get the benefit of talking to you guys in this case about the podcast just happened. What was your your two takeaways from the conversation with Buffy? By the way, Buffy, teacher at my school, Alta Mesa, um, she is, I could tell she was uncomfortable on the podcast. Buffy, I'm sorry if I'm exposing the fact that you did not want to do a podcast, but she was super great to say, yep, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be there. She came prepared, ready to go. Um, and she is an ace. She's, she's a hundred. I mean, like that's who I, you know, Hey, you want a primary teacher to watch Buffy is that person. She's also on our leadership team. She's our enterprise teacher of the year. Uh, she's definitely somebody I lean on for advice on how to do things. So, and Hillary, I know usurps that same kind of presence here at uh, Parsons. Um, and then the energy that she also brings as well. So what were the things that you guys took away from the conversation with two teachers of that caliber? Is it intimidating? Because it's intimidating for me. It is. I'm not going to lie. They're, they're that good that I'm like, you're... Here's what I thought about it is that they are actually, they seemed both so naturally good. I'm not sure they're aware of what it is the magic is. So I was um, sometimes hoping for a more explicit answer, but I had to kind of step back and hear what they said and then ask them if that's what they meant because, you know, oh, they just exude inclusion and loving on kids and all those things. So it's they just didn't. what they do, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for example, I can remember, um, I will be honest and say that when I went into teaching, it was really uh, more about me. Oh, this is fun. I'm good at this. I like to do all these things and I have these great plans. And, I got away with that for two years. I had kids who were there and they filled that bucket. Then I got a classroom and I had several kids in there that were not in my plan. (laughs) And um, it was the first time I realized, oh, they're not a fly in my ointment. They're the ingredients in whatever I'm making this year. And I have to do things differently. And I remember he introduced himself. He had a mohawk. And he said, when we all introduced ourselves, second grade, he's like, and I don't really do good at school. And I was like, that's not going to work out for me very well. And so I think that was the first year I learned to love kids whoever they were, because I fell in love with him. We worked it out together, but it was the very first time. So two years in was the Scotty show. And that third year, it began to be my the show about the kids. And I'm just telling you, that's how it was. And so I can tell from both of those that it is all about the kids for them. They never once said anything about themselves. It was about creating positivity and success for those kiddos. So that was my first takeaway is that they don't even see how great they are. Yeah, I really loved what Buffy said about celebrating kids and their successes. Uh, and having watched her teach on your campus, um, mm-hmm. you know, she, she was a little bit reserved here. Mm-hmm. But when you watch her in front of all of her little first graders, she just lights up and, you know, is, is very much herself. And um, the fact that she you know, uses that specifically. Mm -hmm. Like I, 
you did that and mm-hmm. and we're going to all celebrate you know what you achieved because you recognize that's that's how you continue to build well, success yeah, from from what i've experienced i'm sure hillary the same way but is uh the a big piece of it is intentionality every mm-hmm. it's 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 a you know if you're a sports fan it's like a football play or basketball or dancing it's it's choreographed that the school day now there's always going to be variables your your kids that are going to throw a wrench in the works but also having those things in your toolkit and that's what i see when i see buffy in her classroom is she's intentional about everything and even the, that intentionality extends to when there's a variable mm-hmm. thrown in that you're not expecting when she, there's a kid who didn't have kindergarten mm-hmm. and yep she's got the ability to, to ingrain in in her on how to react to that and, and, and having the ability to be patient and understand that it's a long-term investment and not like, I'm going to do something right now. That's going to like, I think that that sometimes as a new teacher, I always thought like, what's the one thing, what's the one phrase I'm going to say right now that the kids gonna be like, Mr. Miller said this one word and then I changed my life. And you know, I, I became the best person ever. And it's like, I'm like, when is my dead poet society moment? When are the kids going to stand on the desk and start saying, I'm like that, that's not quite exactly a reality. Um, you know, I think you're echoing what I just said. I just, I, and you can cut, that from this but that's what I said it just you know you wanted to be you know that dead poet society moment but really she can see that it's long game and and to your point you can't overpraise if it's genuine celebration for actual things they do or who they are we have learned this um you know I feel like lately there's been a word in the in the parenting and teacher about it, it can't be general you're so good you're so smart good for you are very useless but look at how you kept going on that and today you got four more right than you did yesterday specific praise based on things that they controlled not you're so smart you're so good general things like that and I I know that's what she does mm-hmm. and, and I would say uh, that that is very true of Hillary it looks a little bit different, mm-hmm. but what I I know of her is the force of her positivity. And when you watch her with her kids, she absolutely delights in what they do mm-hmm. and, and is very genuine about mm-hmm. uh, what they did right and how, you know, how it uh, how it came across and how they were successful. And so. what a necessary thing in junior high, because they start to get to that point, students, children at that age where they, who am I? We know they're separating from their parent group and kind of choosing their peer group. And when you can find something they're good at, and so when they choose choir, vocal ensemble, or music in motion, and then she says, oh, look at you, you're good, I'm choosing you for this role, or you did great on that song, and they now they have something new about them that they can feel good about, which is so critical in those years. Um, so as you know, someone that, uh, has worked with you guys now, we're t- through two podcasts. We have one speaking specifically the blueprint, uh, relating this to the, the, uh, relating our teachers to the blueprint. Um, we're looking in the future. What are things that you guys would like to see happen in the future and, and areas we'd like to explore moving forward with this? Well, I think the next audience we'd love to uh, focus on would be our parents as they mm-hmm. get ready to send their children back to school. Yes, I was thinking that and I have spoken that to both of you. Um, 
I don't want to do this podcast if it isn't going to benefit folks. So based on feedback, if people are saying, yeah, I'm getting something from that, I enjoyed it, um, and then they can start telling us what they need. But I absolutely agree. I feel like parents are next. We just asked those questions of teachers, and we said, you know, how do you draw parents in? And I would love to now hear from parents, what draws you in? What is of the things we're doing? What is the thing that's making you feel welcome and what would make you feel more welcome and or you know exactly how can you connect with the school better what do you need from us type of thing yeah and your conversation with hillary and buffy talked about that you know how do you bring parents in? how do you communicate because i think one thing that i would love to express for parents and teachers is we get kids for you know six hours a day a little bonus if you go to ace or ymca for boulder creek kids but the reality is, is, is that the time outside of school is so valuable. And I don't know that necessarily that's always communicated. Like we always talk about partnerships in school, but it, it, it has to be a partnership for those kids to be able to, to continue to grow in those, you know, however many 18 hours that they're not in our school with us, that we're not getting them, that they're at home. And how can we reinforce, how can parents work smarter, not harder, but also help reinforce the school. So creating that, that, that bridge and then having our teachers have the ability to work on those systems to communicate, partner, you know, whether it's volunteer, whether it's things that t- parents can do on their own with their kids, even for, I mean, I think when we, when we look at it, I mean, 30 minutes a day of different things that parents can do with their kids outside can make such a huge difference uh, for kids. And then how our teachers can partner with them. And that I think is a huge conversation piece. I think it would be of a real value also to just have Heather here with the parent and then capitalizing on the answers that we gave that the teachers gave, because I was feeling like parents, might say here's the truth when you assign homework and I can't help it's really frustrating and it ruins our evening and that kind of thing you know and and so you know you want me to be involved but I I'm almost afraid to be involved because etc so just hearing that the three-way part of that conversation and and inviting the parent to be able to say what do I do when I can't help or our evenings are very important because we have dinner and very little family time because dad works nights or whatever. And so just hearing from our leadership to say, well, here's how I feel about that. I think it's going to be a great conversation. Okay. Well, thank thank you guys for joining me for this post game on our podcast. And for those listening at home, just know that this is an adventure uh, for us of unknown endpoint. This is just another way that we are exploring kind of new opportunities to connect with uh, not only our EESD staff family, but our ESD community as, as overall. And so, um, you know, Scotty, I know you talked about it, feet wanting feedback and things that we can do to make this better, but, uh, Thanks for listening in. This is the podcast version, bonus, bonus section of our podcast only. Um, and, uh, you know, we want to thank a couple people. I'm going to thank a couple people. One, I'm going to thank Scotty for, she was quick to step up and hosted po- this podcast. I want to thank Maddie Foss. If you guys have not out there, don't know Maddie. She's in our district office, works in instructional services, and she created the uh, logo for our podcast. She does a lot of the video shooting. She does video editing, and she's currently monitoring the audio. And then Heather, thank you for allowing us and creating the structure and participating. Um, and just really, I think, since in the last two to three years, um, really looking how, looking at different ways to innovate different areas, including communications in our district. So I want to thank you all. All right. And, and back at you. Thank you, Ryan, for just 
the ideas and uh, pushing us a little out of our comfort zone to, to do better. So we appreciate you. Yeah. And your expertise. Honestly, your quality expertise in editing and putting it together and having the vision have um, made it something I was, you know, really... Well, you know, they say fake it till you make it. So this, there's, there's no expertise. <laughs> there's just a bunch of uh, going on and watching YouTube videos and hoping it all works out at the end. And so, yeah. So. All, right, well, all right, guys. Thank you.